is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Hey, everybody. Phil Toronto, Open Dialogue. We're back. Today, I have Roxana of Cash. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you give the Open Dialogue listeners and or viewers uh, a rundown on what you're building with Tash? Absolutely. So Tash is a two-month-old brand. We are the first true pistachio milk in the U.S. Um, we are a oil-free, distinctly delicious plant-based milk made from pistachios, and it requires significantly less water than that of almond milk, which I'm sure we'll get more into later on. Probably do a deep dive. <laughs> yeah. And this this is something you've actually been working on for quite some time. It's It was not easy to bring to market, I'd imagine, being the first. It wasn't. And it took five years. Wow. Most of that time, it was in the background while I was doing consulting on brand strategy and marketing for other brands. But yeah, this, this brand is unique in that um, I really wanted to make a barista blend. So I, I'm a big coffee person. My mom probably gave me my first cappuccino at like age nine, which she hates when I say, but it's the truth. Sure. Uh, so what expand the palate. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to love in a latte, so why not? Um, you have to really scale the business before you can even launch. And what I mean by that is in this type of manufacturing, no one will take your product um, unless you're doing at least a hundred thousand units on your very first production run. Most want more of like a quarter of a million. So, you know, my eyes look just like that. I went, Whoa, what? Yeah, it's that quite the chicken and the egg scenario. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I had to scale the business before we launched. Um, and that took some time and, you know, fundraising round because you can't bootstrap when you're doing that kind of volume right out of the gate. Um, so the idea came to me in 2015 and it, I wasn't even, so at this point I was consulting, I launched a social media agency in 2011. So at 2011, there wasn't even Instagram. It was, there were no social media agencies and that was just born out of a career that I hated, which was PR. <laughs> and yeah. I don't, nothing against PR, but for me, it was, I was living in LA and um, PR at this point in time for my job being in my early twenties was, you know, get these jeans on Nicole Richie. So I started a social media agency because I thought there, that there was a lot of potential there and it was going to be something that was going to, you know, take off. Um, and so in 2015, I moved to New York and I was actually totally phasing out dairy milk. I was drinking a lot of almond milk, eating a lot of almond butter, like a lot of people were. And I was traveling in Paris with my family. And at the end of the long lunch, I was just craving my go-to, right? An almond milk latte. But in France, it hadn't made its way over at all yet. So... I just had that really classic cliche light bulb moment where I thought, wait, I've been eating pistachios my entire life. My dad is Iranian. In Persian households, pistachios are like toilet paper. They are yeah. a must-have. <laughs> you must have them on hand at all times. So I just thought, wait, couldn't I just like start making pistachio milk the same way that almond milk is made? And wouldn't that be perhaps more delicious than the kind of thin, watery almond milk that I didn't think was offering much by way of like flavor. So that's what I did. I like got back to New York. I started tinkering and you know, it was, it was just like an incredible reaction from people who didn't even like plant-based milks. They were just like, Whoa, like I would drink this on its own, right. which is pretty remarkable because no one drinks 
almond milk or oat milk for pleasure. It's I all- I wouldn't even think of it, ever, honestly. Ever. I love oat milk. I love almond milk. Yeah. I obviously love pistachio milk now, but yep. yeah, could not do it. Totally. Like nobody would ever reach into their fridge, grab the oat milk, the almond, whatever, just pour a glass and just enjoy it on its own. And nine out of 10 times when I'd give somebody tash, they'd say, I would drink this by itself. So I was like, whoa, okay, we're on to something here. Um, but the thing with pistachios and the reason that Tash is the first and it's taken this long for this product to come to market is it's incredibly challenging to secure a supply chain of really high quality pistachios at an approachable price. So once we were able to secure that, then it was kind of like, okay, we have something here. This is why it didn't already exist. And now we're going to be the first ones to do it. Got it. And how, how were you doing the early test runs when people were taste testing? Like, how, how did you figure that out? Because I'm sure you went down quite the rabbit hole of turning a pistachio into milk because it uh, hadn't been done before. Yeah. So the very first step for me was, okay, so I start tinkering in my little kitchen. I give it to people. There's a little bit of a, like, you know, there's product market fit, but it's, it's a very limited sample size. But what I wanted to do before I pivoted my entire career and focused on this was I wanted to make sure that we were gonna make a product that was at a what I considered like a, a reasonable price point, like in the sevens, maybe in the eights, but I really didn't wanna make something that was you know, $12 and only a small set of people bought it at Erewhon. That, that didn't appeal right. to me. So I actually found a consultant and I hired her to do um, like a cost analysis using our cost of goods for the pistachios and like build it out across every distribution channel, figure out what our margins are, figure the whole thing out before I spent any money on it or like really committing like my own time to it. And she came back and she said, you know, with your supply chain, you can really do this at $7.99 price point. So we felt really good about that. And of course with scale, that's going to come down even more, but that was step one for me. So after we found that information out and had all that data, then I started researching um, beverage formulation teams and we found one um, actually nearby in, in New Jersey and we um, formulated four flavors with them. So original, original unsweetened, vanilla, and vanilla unsweetened. Amazing. Yeah. Very cool. And yeah. then fast forward five grueling years, I'm sure, you launched two <laughs> months ago. What, what was that process like? How, how did it feel? I'm sure it was amazing, but like, how, how did that go? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like you have this five year buildup and there's so much riding on it. And at this point I have, you know, a good, very supportive group of investors, but there's a lot of other people who are now caring about it pretty deeply. So it's a lot all converging at once, right? Like the morning we launched, I was still like tweaking things with our website. Like, well, like it, it might have looked like polished and all like with a bow on it, but behind the scenes, it was like still just like, ah, like everybody, yeah. <laughs> ah, like all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I should talk about that. My dad is my co founder. Amazing. I gave him out of retirement so he could help me with like the operational side of things. He's a seasoned um, founder. He exited three startups that he founded, raised money from like Sequoia, Norwest, a lot of big um, VCs. And so he's all like, you know, helping me scatter. My fiance, Kyle, at the start of the pandemic, joined the team and he's running our sales and our base dev. So like everyone wears so many hats. It's so yeah. layered. So like it's, it's been really fun, but it's also that that day was crazy. But we we outpaced our sales projections by three hundred percent. So oh, we were incredible. enormously overwhelmed, like so grat full of gratitude about that. And um, yeah, so it was really successful. 
So how, with, with you being able to tap team members that you can inherently trust no matter what, uh, with two key hires, how do you approach to building the team outside of that? Like, what, what's your thoughts on hiring? Yeah, so we're just now starting to think about that because we came out of our launch, went immediately into holiday, and then now we're, we're really starting to think about that. I think like my personal take on it is I'm really excited to hire like a head of people or a chief of staff or something like that who can also instrumentally help in how we build the team and the org and all of that. We're also leaning pretty heavily on our investors to help because a lot of them have built high growth CPG brands. I've never built a high growth CPG brand, so I know that that's, that's a hole that I need help filling. Um, but I'm really excited. I think we're probably going to hire at least three folks this year. So it will no longer be only the family members. Perfect. <laughs> but nothing wrong with keeping it in the family, that's for sure. Right. It's, it's no, no. It's been good so far. How, how have you been finding your customers and how have you been connecting with them? Yeah, so... By virtue of the fact that I've been building this for five years and, you know, had a landing page up, I got pistachiomilk.com like for $10 three years ago. So we've been building like a big email list for the last couple of years. And um, just like I've been putting myself in a position to learn a lot. So like every year I'd go to like every coffee fest, which had, you know, 100,000 attendees. I'd talk with the baristas. I'd talk with the buyers. I'd talk with like anybody I could get in front of. Going to conferences like that just constantly like introductions and that kind of thing. That's obviously out the window now, but we layered right. in social media, we layered in PR, and we actually haven't spent a single dollar on advertising yet. Amazing. I wanted to really understand our baseline. Like, you know, what, what are we working with without adding in those, turning on that faucet rather. And so it's been pretty great, like understanding who our customer is just from word of mouth, PR and social media. Um, and it's kind of who you would expect when you have like a healthy um, plant-based milk. It's it's a lot of women. It's a lot of moms. It's actually, you know, quite a few people who are invested, like um, kind of in like the tech side of things who are like, are just curious and want to understand like, oh, like why hasn't there been pistachio milk or like, you know, so. That's literally one of my first questions. Like, oh, okay. That's right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the timing has been really great because a lot, um, like Starbucks launched a line of pistachio drinks. Oh, wow. Just two weeks ago. They don't use pistachio milk. They make their own pistachio sauce. But there's been all these trend stories around pistachios in 2021. And just all these things are like just really fortuitous timing on on all these things. And, and really like consumers learning that Oatly has some oil in it and that might not be so good for you. So it's all kind of culminating at the same time, yeah. which I think is helping. The stars helping are aligning, if you will. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I, I'm just a little bit out of order, but how, how did you approach like which SKUs you brought to market first? I, how many did you launch with? Yeah. So it was really interesting because early on, um, I was reading and just getting a lot of feedback and advice that, you have to launch on shelf with a whole, like you got to take up like four or five, six SKUs. Like the more variety, the better. Like people, if you won't make a, like an impact when people are, you know, going. So at the beginning I was thinking, okay, we need like minimum three. Like we have yeah. to launch with three. And then as it, as we got closer and obviously the pandemic came, it was like, okay, that just the inventory alone and like the ingredient sourcing alone is so complex. So we really narrowed it down and we're excited to launch the vanilla because that's actually one of like the best sellers for the category.
But um, we just went with like the two most obvious, right? Like our original and our original unsweetened. And right now we sell about 70% original, 30% unsweetened. Um, the, I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the original camp personally. Like the unsweetened is great, but there's just, it has this lovely little sweetness. It's really I'm good. I like a little sugar. And I mean, sugar gets such a bad rap, but like it, a little bit is fine. We don't have yeah. to villainize sugar across, you know, the board. Moderation is a great thing. It's yeah. weird. So we add like six grams. I mean, I kind of hate to like call this out sometimes, but I tell people like, oh, do you drink kombucha? And they're like, yeah, I love kombucha. And I'm like, well, you should check out how much sugar is added to your most kombuchas. It's like three X what we have. So yeah, it's crazy. Teach through. Yeah. People don't realize it's like, well, no, it's healthy. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and then just don't flip the label back over exactly. um, again, not notching kombucha by any kombucha. Jesus, I can't even speak, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, Going forward, are you planning on introducing more SKUs? What, what's your thought process there? Yeah, so I'm really interested to see beyond sort of vanilla and the, th the things that we see like ubiquitously, if we can go in like a cultural direction. So like maybe a rose or something that brings in my Middle Eastern culture, we'll see. The other thing we're really excited to do is to roll out um, eight ounce serving sizes. So on the go, um, a lot of kids, love Tash, so works for them as well. Yeah. Um, and then of course, doing a ready to drink with a coffee partner. Yeah. Whether it's canned or in Tetra Pak, but really excited about doing a, a coffee partnership down the line. And then really like we see Tash as like a pistachio company, not a pistachio milk company. So there's everything. There's, you know, yogurt, cheese, ice cream, it's just a burgeoning category with all. Yeah. So there's a multitude of directions it could go in and we're excited about this. That's really fun. Yeah. Is there anything, well, I guess we kind of covered that there. The rest is top secret, so I can't ask you about that. Um, yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? Yes, so pistachiomilk.com or tashmilk or tashpistachiomilk.com. Any of those will work. Amazing. And I messed up. I didn't bring up the charitable component like we talked about before. So I'm going to do that now and not just throw it in. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. And scene. Sorry. <laughs> so with the business itself, there is a social impact component. Can you talk more about how that came to be and what it means to you? Yes, absolutely. So generally speaking, I'm just like a fierce proponent of female entrepreneurship, education, furthering women and girls however I can. And so setting out to launch this business, I knew that I wanted our, our partner to be deeply rooted in fostering girls' education, entrepreneurship, mentorship, et cetera. And so where that actually really came from most, like I would say significantly in my life is in my 20s, I volunteered at a teen homeless shelter. And so I would mentor teen girls um, every single week. And I saw what an impact that had. So that kind of stayed with me. So we partnered with the Lower East Side Girls Club here in New York City. And they're a wonderful organization who focuses on just the things that I mentioned. They're really embedded in the community and helping underserved girls across mentorship, education, entrepreneurship. They even have a wellness program where they do like recipes and all kinds of stuff, which I'll be um, a part of very soon online. And so we donate a portion of our profits to the Lower East Side Girls Club, as well as some product. That's awesome. We like it, we love it. <laughs> so good. Roxana, thank you so much for doing this. 
Hey, no problem. It was great to be on with you and get to meet you. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. I'll tell Cassie, say hi. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably side text him too right now. But. Yeah. Um, are we still, I, I was going to say, we're, where are yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'm going to end it. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.